Did you see him put on the green jacket? I didn't see him put on the green jacket. No, it was absolutely rammed down there. And even that someone at six foot four can't, <laughs> can't get a look in. It's uh, actually just anecdotally, that was something I did notice about 18 was that it's really difficult to see because just in case people don't know, and I, I didn't know this, uh, you have obviously you've got the little fold out deck chairs that everyone has. Mm. And they walk around Augusta and they just, they put them down in the first thing in the morning. They just put them down wherever they want to be sitting later. And there's sort of this unwritten rule. So at the players, if people put a deck chair down, you're allowed to sit in it. And then if the owner of said chair comes back, I don't know why I'm calling them deck chair. It just sort of seems to work. (laughs) If the owner comes back and wants to sit in it, they obviously have the right to just boot you out of it. Of course, it's theirs. But they are allowed to just leave it there. And it's the same at the Masters, but for some reason, you're not allowed to sit in them. They have like X amount of these things, which are just owned by Augusta, like particularly behind the first tee. There was a very strange experience yesterday where I was stood behind the 18th, and by yesterday, I mean Sunday. And there was rows and rows and rows of these chairs, which means even then, you were still just stood. Like, so the, the crowds were four or five people deep behind this mm. behind these rows of chairs so you were sort of miles away. and I, I think that's as a viewing experience at Augusta which is an unbelievable course to walk around and watch golf on because you can just I mean this is how it was designed you can just hop from hole to hole you can you know it's very easy to navigate it's very easy to see golf wherever you are and there are uh, some of the best viewing points I've ever experienced in a golf mm. course there's there's a wonderful part, bit on the six, which is the sharp downhill par three, and you can actually sit on the hill below the tee. And but so yeah, I've, I've always noticed that. I've always noticed so that. You're, I went and sat there for a couple of minutes, and you're literally watching golf balls go over your head, and then over <laughs> to your right, you can see the six, the par three sixteenth. So you're watching two really cool par threes, amazing in action at the same time. But yeah, it's this really strange bit behind eighteen. So. In that sense, so, I mean, sort of a bit of a tangent, but yeah, to answer your question, I was there for the green jacket ceremony, couldn't see a thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just, by the time I got there, it was, I was just so far back. I was so far away. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I came back up and I was in his press conference and, you know, classic. He just gets that little round of applause. He was, he was incredibly emotional. I thought, I thought he was going to cry at one point. I thought I was going to cry at one point. I was, <laughs> I mean, look... I don't know what it is, but every time a major finishes, I don't know if it's emotion always overwhelms me. And I was getting ribbed by the guy sitting next to me because I was <laughs> properly welling up when Ram was coming off eighteen with his with his kids and stuff. And that was yeah, yeah. It was obviously that's an emotional moment uh, for anyone. You know, the very me. emotional people, Spanish golfers, I feel like as well. Because well, obviously, course, yeah, of course, Jose Maria well. was there. I thought it was brilliant that Jose Maria was there in his green jacket um, to greet Ram. I thought that, that was, was an lovely, amazing moment. That was lovely, and and Seve would have been there if he was if he yeah. was still with us, of course. Yeah, no Sergio though, which is a shame. Um, well, I think it's probably yeah. I don't know. I'm a t- I'm torn on that one. I, I I don't think you can expect him to hang around Augusta National on the basis. I mean, he's a in case Ram won. No one knew he was going to win, did they? Of course. I think I think if I was a former champion, I would stay for the weekend regardless. Yeah. Um, but there's a there's a sort of great picture of Jose Maria like sort of he missed the cut by about five shots and he was he had his caddy in his boiler suit behind him while he's hitting balls in the range while the golf yeah. was going on so I thought that was brilliant. Um, I know you did a few daily wraps or like diaries while you were there. Um, 
So what actual food did you get in the end? Which, which sandwiches did you go for? What drinks did you get? We want to know the details, don't we? As opposed to the actual <laughs> tournament. Yeah, in case people are listening and don't know, this was my first visit to Augusta National and to the Masters. Um, something I've dreamed of doing for, well, a quarter of a century probably. And certainly since I've been a, a golf journalist, uh, it's been very high on my bucket list. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's a strange one. I got, I, I, so I, I, I flew into Atlanta very late on Monday evening. So I just got a hotel near the airport. And I think by the time I'd got my luggage, got my rental car, it was midnight by the time I'd got my face in my pillow. And it was quite strange, <laughs> like the same girl checking me in and checking me out because I was only there for about three hours. Um, <laughs> but I was wide awake at three o'clock. So I just thought, do you know what? I might as well just get in the car and go down there. Got mm. to Augusta National for five-ish, half five. And it, it's, it's sort of a surreal experience because you're driving up Washington Road, which is just a load of... It's it, well I, for anyone that's been to America, they know what these right roads are like. They're just it's just McDonald's and other fast food restaurants <laughs> that are available, of course. But it's just like reams and reams of cheap fast food restaurants, mm -hmm. and then you turn this corner through these gates, through these huge green fences, and suddenly you're in paradise. It's it's really strange. Um, yeah, really <laughs> I mean the 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 I'm, look, everyone wants to know about the sandwiches. Of course they do. I didn't try a pimento cheese <laughs> of course. sandwich. I, I sort of got to the point where I was like, I should just take a bite of one. It's I, I don't know. There's just something. It just doesn't look like it should taste nice, which is why mm. I didn't do it. But yeah, can confirm the barbecue sandwich is absolutely incredible. And I, I, I don't even want to count how many of those things I ate. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> look, everyone talks about the food, don't they? Everyone says like you can you can go to Augusta for a week and spend you could spend a hundred dollars on food all week. And it's true, mm. like it is, it is fantastic. Obviously, the merch tent then, oh, sorry, the golf shop then rinses you. I managed to, I think I went in three <laughs> times in the end because there was a couple of times I, I to get from the press building to the to the first tee, you had to walk past the golf shop. Um, mm. and I, yeah, I, I couldn't resist every, every single time I went past and there was no queue, I just had to like go back in again. And I, I think I was very restrained in the end. I think I spent about six hundred and fifty-seven hundred dollars in total. Some of that stuff was obviously for other people, and mm. and some of it was gifts. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. Just the the whole thing did live up to your expectations, or or, or your yeah, sort of dreams in your it head. Did. I think the first time I went down to Amen Corner on on Wednesday. So Tuesday was a lot of just being in the in the press building because it was just press conference after press conference after press yeah. conference and, and of course I'm there to work so I had to go and, and do those but it got to the end of the day and I think Patrick Cantlake was the last person in and, and we'll get to him later um <laughs> he was the last, he was the last person in on Tuesday and I thought do you know what I don't think my readers need to know about Patrick Cantlake and if he talks as slowly as he plays it could be a long time so I went I, I, I just took that opportunity to go down and actually just see the course for the first time mm, yeah and it was, it was strange. Like when you when you stand on the turf and you walk, you walk up the hill by the first fairway, and it takes you up to where the clubhouse is and and mm. you know, all that stuff, um, Butler Cabin and all that lot. And you've got it's it's really strange because you I, you don't really see this on TV because there's obviously loads of fans usually when we see it. But that bit around so the the first tee, the tenth tee, the ninth green. And the 18th green 
are sort of just all next to each other, like just dotted next to each other. It's really strange because obviously when mm. you watch it on TV, you imagine everything to be tree lined and and tight. But when you when you're there, it's sort of far more open, and, and particularly that bit of the property, it's really open. And you've got this huge mm. bit of land between... So the 18th fairway runs up. So if you're on the tee box on the 18th, walking up 18, on the left-hand side of that, so you've got the first running down that way, you've got 18th running that way, and then... Oh, what hole is it going up that way? But there's a huge triangle of land mm. which you can walk around, and, and you just you can see several holes. I mean, as I said before, it's a wonderful viewing course. But yeah, I stepped on this turf, and I said... I remember um, Hannah, our colleague, interviewed Emily Toy, who played in the Anwa last year, and she said uh, when she played Augusta, she was too scared to take a divot, which is obviously <laughs> a lovely, a lovely quote and, and, and very yeah. funny. But I genuinely, I stood on the turf and I was, I was thinking, should I take my shoes off out of respect? I sort of bought around barefoot. Yeah, it was really strange. It's, it's. Uh, I went down to, uh, yeah. So I've, I've, I did all the press conferences Tuesday. I went down and I stood by the first tee and I saw the clubhouse and saw that. And the press is allowed to go in the clubhouse, which is a really strange experience. And I'm just going to oh, fast wow. forward. I, I don't really know why. I was stood in there thinking, why am I allowed in here? This is really strange. <laughs> and I, I was felt like a sham, really. Um, but I, I went in. Mm. I did go in on Sunday and. Uh, I'd been for a walk for an hour, I don't know, an hour or so spare. So I thought, I'm going to go for a walk and just look around. You know, I might never come back here ever again. You never know, do you? So I'm just going to go and have one more <laughs> look at Amen Corner and all that lot. And yeah. I watched a few players go through there and um, saw a couple of other players coming down 10, which was which is such a cool hole to watch from the bottom, watching players drive down to the middle. Mm. I know it's cliche to say, oh, you don't really see the hills on telly, but the, the, the hill on the 10th is is crazy it's so much steeper than i've ever imagined yeah and there's a really cool spot to stand on the corner watching players hit down to the middle of the fairway and then onto the green and i walked back up and i thought do you know what i'm gonna go in the clubhouse like if i come here and i have access to the clubhouse and don't go in you want to go in and i was sort of thinking it was going to be absolutely rammed in there but there was no one in there i walked in lovely lady called trina showed me the um (laughs) the trophy the original trophy which has Mm. Well, strangely, I didn't know this, but um, it, and it's huge as well. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's about I, it's ten times bigger than the actual thing. So what, uh, the, yeah. the replicas that they um, get, sorry, the actual thing is ten times bigger than the replicas that they get that they lift on the and during the ceremony. And it's just there, nestled in a window as you go in. And I was, uh, you know, Trina was showing me, and it was they have the winners and the runners up engraved oh, wow. on it, which is which was really strange. Uh, so Rory McIlroy's name is actually on the Masters Trophy. Yeah. That was quite yeah. a nice touch. What uh, if there's about have... five people in the tie for second, though? <laughs> I don't know, actually. I didn't think about Ten that. players tied second. Just, uh, yeah, Gary Player's just writing his name in massive letters. <laughs> um, but it's, I think the thing that struck me was that it's incredibly small. Like, the when you walk in, the, the room that you're in, which has really just got the trophy... Mm. and a couple of sofas and a fireplace it's like smaller than my living room at home if I want to give you some sort of I mean I know you've <laughs> never been in my living room but I think that just gives you an idea of how small yeah. it is um, and then you've got the wall of champions which is incredibly cool uh, just iconic pictures of uh, the players through so you've got you know Sergio uh, bending down doing his fist when he when, he, when the putt went in um, and just other iconic shots from players from the years that they've won 
so I looked at all of those and then <clears throat> you go up a really small tight staircase into a, a restaurant bar type area which again is just tiny and I thought it was going to be rammed up there but it was I walked in and it was literally me the barman Sir Nick Faldo and Mrs Faldo class and I look I don't make it a secret Nick Faldo is the the reason I play golf he's the reason I'm obsessed with golf he was the player that I would watch for hours and end when the Masters and the um, Open coverage was on the BBC when I was a kid and obviously around that major winning span that he had and look I, I sat at the table next to him I and we just watched the TV that was on in the corner and I just listened to him making comments I don't really know if he was just making the comments out loud if he was saying them to his wife if he was saying them <laughs> to me I didn't speak to him I was uh, you know it's, it sounds really strange but you know I, I was there as a member of the press um but uh, you know it, it sort of just felt like a moment and I didn't want to spoil it because he yeah, was sat, it's, it's, yeah I was sat on the next table but I was five feet from him and his wife was the other side of him and we were just watching the tv and I was just listening to him making the comments about what was going on on the television and actually it was an incredible moment for me um, mm. and and probably him as well I think it's fair to say and, <laughs> yeah well he might have been the feeling might have been mutual and it was just really nice and I sat there for probably well it was probably 10 minutes but it felt like a day it was just yeah. amazing and I just thought I need to go and do some work so but that was Sunday but yeah so but back to Tuesday and Wednesday I went so on the Wednesday morning after coming in smashing some more vanilla pancakes I dread, I don't want to know again barbecue sandwiches I don't want to, I don't want to know how many vanilla pancakes I ate but they're incredible uh, and and the press is incredibly well actually everyone's well catered for at the masters everyone yeah. is really well looked after there's a really nice vibe about the place like everyone all the volunteers everyone that works there is incredibly friendly you know there's that there's always that famous like welcome to the masters as you walk yeah, in I see. American accent hope you liked it um <laughs> and you walk in and everyone's incredibly friendly wherever you go and if, if you need help getting somewhere people will help you you walk in the shop and everyone, you know the, the the three times I was in the shop you get to the till and you know people ask where you're from and they ask you little questions and they at one point there was one because you get served by two people each time one person who rings you up and one person who bags your stuff and one pair were, were playing a game which was um, what's your favorite color and such a st such a stupid point right. game, but they said that that's <laughs> what them occupied and they were keeping a tally of people saying what their favorite color was i thought that was quite sweet Gosh. and one but but it even got into tactics because one of the girls said that she had <laughs> she is she said she um, she'd gone for green was going to win because obviously she just assumed that at the masters everyone would say green mm -hmm. no, absolutely not not having Plymouth Argyle colours. So um, <laughs> I have unashamedly bought a lot of stuff, which is dark green, which I'm going to get a lot of stick from, from my fellow Torquay fans, but we're not well, here to talk about it. So I'm just going to get on with it. Um, well, but yeah, I, I, walked down, I walked down to Amen Corner for the first time. So I walked down 10, was surprised by the hill, made a mental note to come back. Because you're not allowed to take your phones into Augusta National, which I think yeah, is absolutely brilliant. You know when your iPhone tells you on a Monday your screen time for the previous yes, week? Yes, yeah, yeah. I'm actually really excited to see what my screen time was for last week because obviously... Down, uh, down 80% or something. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm the rest. <laughs> uh, so I'm, um, it, I, I genuinely think that's an incredibly underrated aspect of, the, of, of any golf tournament, really. It's, it's really nice just to see 
people there in the moment. Now, on, on the practice days, mm. you're allowed digital cameras in, but who has a digital camera these days? Even that, I didn't see a massive no. amount of people with cameras, uh, just people living in the moment and soaking it in. But you walk along 11, and then the only other time I've ever felt like this was w- the first time I went to St. Andrews, and that was slightly different because I was incredibly hungover. And walk, <laughs> walk, walking onto, and everyone's emotional when they're hungover. Walking onto yeah. Golf Place, seeing the RNA Clubhouse for the first time, and then walking a, you know, a hundred yards on, and then the first and the eighteenth just sort of opening up in front of you. This, when you walk down eleven, I mean, I remember pro- the, when I first time I went to St Andrews, I properly welled up when I first saw like the eighteenth. <laughs> well, I saw the golf course for the first Gosh. time. Like, I was properly yeah. like, oh, I felt like I was overcome. And it felt very simple. I'm glad I wasn't hungover on Wednesday, but I, yeah. I, I was, I was definitely. I'm, I'm not religious in any way, shape, or form, but it felt like a spiritual moment. This, yeah. this golf hole, the twelfth golden bell, which we've all seen a thousand times mm. in pictures and on television, and it was there in front of me. What I, I absolutely love about it is that the fact that they just have no fans around the green and, and you can't mm, go down That is there. good. And it's one of my favourite uh, little nuggets about golf, really, and particularly about the Masters. And again, I don't know how long I stood there for. It was probably only a couple of minutes, but it felt like a lifetime. You just, you're standing there and you're sort of just absorbing it in. Mm. And I don't really know how to explain it. I, you know, that's terrible for someone who writes for a living. Uh, but it's but it is it's really difficult to explain just i don't know just look at a picture of golden bell when you get off of this and then just try and imagine actually being there you can't do it like just uh, i I don't know i'm going to stop talking about it because i'm probably starting to sound a bit crazy but uh, so i walked around watched saw the rest of amen corner watched a bit of 16 saw them skimming the balls across it was matt fitzpatrick and billy horshaw which was quite it was it sort of turns into a bit of a pantomime really it's quite funny because obviously they yeah. hit their shots I think Fitzpatrick hit one in the water and then he stiffed his uh, three off the tee to about two feet Billy Horschel found the middle of the green and then of course they start walking down and it's almost like they're not I, I think they probably only do the skipping if the crowd reacts to it I don't think they actually go and do it unless the crowd starts chanting but they oh, there right, is that. I see. But it's almost like a really polite, we don't want to be rude, so it's like, skip it, skip Yeah, all oh, right, almost, okay. It's almost whispered, it's really strange, uh, incredibly funny. And yeah, of course, they had to go both. Didn't get out of the water, unfortunately, but finished walking the back nine, and I, I, saved, the, I saved the front nine for the, for, the, for the next day. But yeah, I went up Thursday, went up for the honorary starters, because again, it's just something you want to go and witness, isn't it? And mm. You know, um, Gary Player came out blowing kisses. To it. it was actually quite a funny moment just before it because Mike Weir and Kevin Nahr were the first group out after the uh, Legends and they have to come through the same sort of... So obviously around that bit around where the first tee is, obviously the players have to walk through the patrons to get from yeah. the clubhouse and the locker rooms and stuff to get to the putting green, to get to the tees and things like that. And So you just have guys who just are there who suddenly just whip a load of ropes out and form a a rope corridor basically um it's very well managed in that sense Mm. i mean 
people who people who are in charge of ropes at golf tournaments definitely have psychopathic tendencies. Those I found out. It's not. <laughs> yeah. It's not just a, the regular golf tournaments you've been to or the Open. It's at the <laughs> even at the Masters, they're a bit like that. Um, but no, it was cool. There was a it was quite a funny moment where everyone started applauding because they saw a caddy coming out in a boiler suit. And it just turned out it was Mike Weir's caddy coming out to go to the putting green. And he saw, <laughs> like, he made like a couple of gestures, like, thank you and stuff like this. It was quite funny. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then obviously, player came out blowing his kisses. Um, Jack came out with his hand on Barbara's shoulder, which was not only incredibly sweet, but incredibly necessary because it was wet. And, I'm, you know, uh, and then Tom <laughs> came out with that beaming. It, it was a bit of a dark and miserable day on Thursday morning and you know, yeah, Tom Watson, Watson lights lights everyone's lives doesn't he with that beautiful smile of his mm. and they did their usual stuff they all made their jokes Gary Player did his little kung fu kick thing and yeah which is obviously hilarious Jack Jack did his uh his classic joke about not being able to get the ball in the in the ground or <laughs> yeah. tea in the ground <laughs> it was just yeah again it was just a lovely moment and you know the people standing around me what I really like is unlike other tournaments like journalists and press and uh, people like people working there just can't go it the only people allowed inside the ropes that really are the players and the caddies and obviously markers and yeah. like and cam certain cameramen but yeah it's it's i absolutely love the fact that there's just not hundred you know obviously at other tournaments you get all the hangers on they're all just in there inside the ropes and and I, I don't really like going inside the ropes when I'm at a golf tournament. I feel really guilty when I'm sort of mm. potentially blocking a, a paying customer's view inside the ropes. And I'm always, I basically, if I do go inside the ropes, I spend the whole time just, you know, destroying my kneecaps by bending over. Uh, Brooks kept crewing myself. Um, <laughs> so I always try and stay outside the ropes. So I, I really like that about the Masters. It's just everyone is just out and about with each other. And, you know, I met some really nice people and, people ask you where you're from and you end up having the same conversation with a thousand people, but you never get tired. It's <laughs> yeah. really, the path three, I skipped ahead no, fantastic. through Wednesday, but the path three to contest was really fun. I've, I've oh, always yeah. found, I've always found the fact that they bring their kids on a bit sickly, but in a good way, like, you know, when you, <laughs> you know, when you like watch like a really cheesy rom-com and you just mm. sort of feel a bit guilty about watching it, but then you just think, actually, it was quite funny, and I, I really the, the story was quite sweet. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, get through quite a few. No one, no one knows that I watched it. It's fine. Um, it's a bit <laughs> like that. And yeah. you know, even then, when I was watching Rory and Poppy and Tommy and Frankie and Shane and I want is it Ava, his daughter? Anyway, they all came around the corner, and it was just a really sweet moment. Like Frankie and um, Lowry's daughter were having a race, and then. <laughs> she got really upset and started crying because Frankie won the race and it was just like really like it was just it's how I imagine my kids would behave if they were there they'd be like yeah. racing against each other and arguing and stuff and it was quite funny and you know Poppy um hit a ball in the hole and it was really sweet and the, the crowd were just absolutely loving it just it another was, feature um, that makes the Masters so unique to be fair because there's nothing obviously a lot, yeah. a lot of other tournaments have, have pro-ams and things like that but well, the majors don't obviously but no other major or anything like that has a, like a par three course that's so fun yeah, to the, watch and all the, the legends play there. there's holding ones there was loads of holes in one yeah who yeah. was it Seamus Power had two in a row eight and nine two in a row Tom Howie had one I think Billy Horshaw it was, maybe it was generally it's it is really frustrating though like apart from Formula One golf must be the only 
sport that is far better to watch on the TV than in real life. Like, it's obviously wonderful to be out and (laughs) about on the golf course watching in person, but it's utterly infuriating when you're just walking down a hole watching a group and then you just hear a massive roar, like, hundreds of yards away, and you're like, what happened? And you're desperately trying to work out who had done what. I mean, there there was one moment... Spieth on the six. I can't remember which day it was, but Spieth on the six hold an absolute bomb for birdie. I think it was sick. There's just so much has happened in the last week. It's hard to yeah. explain it all. But Spieth, I'd been watching Spieth and I left him. And then obviously he hold an absolute monster just after I'd left him. And I was just like, why did I do that? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like watching golf, like, isn't it? The par three contest has like a, a really nice vibe about it. Like everyone's just, it's obviously like starts in the afternoon. So everyone's had like a beer at lunch and everyone's mm. a little bit, you know, everyone's just happy. Like the sun was out and the the players are interacting with the fans. And it, I don't really know how else to describe it. It's just really nice. And mm. I know people find it a bit sick. I mean, Alan Shipnuck wrote a piece saying he hated it, but he has to do that, doesn't he? He's got to get, got to cause a bit of controversy. That's somewhere. him, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Sometimes it's okay just to say things are nice. And then generally just through, the, I try to get out each day and watch a bit of golf because my friends and I have been saying for years, like we have to get to the masters. We have to get to the masters. I mean, we're in our forties now, so we probably should actually start thinking about doing it. Get to the masters. I think it's, yeah, that's, that's generally the goal at the end of it. Um, but I, I, I've obviously been texting my friends during this week and I've just been saying we, we, we have to do this. Like I would, yeah, I think it's such a, there's sort of I don't really know how to describe it unless you've been here, but it's 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 a it's an entirely different. I mean, we've all been to loads of opens, we've all been to a, a European tour event or even a PJ tour event here and there. Yeah. But the Masters is a different experience. Again, the same as I said when I was down at Golden Bell, not religious in any way, shape, or form, but I it's it's almost spiritual. It's almost like an out of body thing mm. sometimes when you're here. Maybe it's just me. Maybe people are just perfectly normal when they get here. But I would, I would highly <laughs> recommend if you can, well, if you can, if you can afford it, or if you can start saving up, and if you've got the money, you know there are there are travel companies that do packages where you're, you know, so we're not sponsored by them, but there are these package, no. packages available if you've got a few thousand pounds spare. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, one day, one day I'll just come back as a fan and just enjoy it for the for the weekend it was i don't know i don't know what what else to say about it it was just unbelievable yeah no well the first time you've been there we needed we needed a full account then we needed the full description of of your entire week um i probably missed so much there as well i did well exactly we could probably we could probably do the entire podcast on just you talking about what the place is actually like (laughs) but should we talk about the actual should we talk about the actual golf so sure sure obviously I'm sure you've all seen that John Rahm won the Masters last night by four shots from from Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. Um, in terms of Rahm himself, himself, I just sort of love how much of a, his, a golf historian he is. As we sort of alluded to earlier, it's fantastic to see Jose Maria um, off the off the 18th green. Um, both very emotional men. Um, I, met, I met Jose Maria on a farble back in November um, on, on a press trip in Greece. I was able to interview him one on one. Um, and spends a lot of time not with him, but sort of in the same room as him and things like that. And he just seems a very like classy, classy bloke, very generous man. Um, he's he's definitely someone who, you know, I've interviewed him before, and he is definitely someone who knows his role as an ambassador to the game 
when it comes yeah. to talking to the press. You know, he knows that he needs to give full and well thought out answers. He's he's very good in that sense. He's a very good person to interview. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed being being in his company. Um, and as we said earlier, they're just very emotional people, aren't they? It doesn't take much to set Jose Maria off. And you, you, maybe I'm before before <laughs> yeah before um. When Ram finally got to the 18th green after duffing his tee shot, I thought once he played his pitch, I thought I thought he was going to get emotional because surely when he played that pitch into the green, that was obviously confirmation that he was about to win the Masters. And I thought he was going to get very emotional, but I thought he did brilliant to reel in, reel in his emotions um, to finish off the hole. And I feel like when it came down to it, Kepka obviously was in beast mode for quite a while at the Masters. However, I think... When you when you look at it, if you had to put your life on one of them to to win at the weekend at the start of the second at the fourth round, maybe easy with hindsight, but it probably would have been Ram just because not 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 to not not to refer to live golf or criticise it, but Ram has been playing in, in proper competitions, winning proper competitions against the best players. He's clearly got more practice, more perfect practice, and um, winning golf competitions this year. Um, so I thought I think you could argue. Say it was inevitable that he was going to beat Kepka. I don't know how you felt about it while it sort of transpired. Yeah, well, so first of all, like we can make 54 hole jokes about Brooks Kepka, mm. but we're better than that, so we won't. Um, we are. Uh, to go back to the historian stuff, Ram talked about that in his press conference on Tuesday. He said that it's you know chasing history is one thing, and there was a there was a lovely moment in his in his winners press conference on Sunday night where. A journalist told him that he was the first European to win both the Masters and the US Open in their career. And he was dumbfounded. He didn't know that information. He was very grateful to the journalist for telling him. And he you could see that how much it meant to him. He was he was it was sort of really strange to watch him absorb that information in real time uh, and soak it in and come to the realization that he's done something that no one no one else other than an American or Gary Player has done and you could tell how much that meant to him that was really sweet in terms of the tournament itself when he played that shot into 18 well first of all snap hooking it off the first tee when he was reaching for that provisional and everyone in the media centre which is where we were obviously all watching it Mm. the gasps went around the media centre as they do in these situations and all the coffee going up in smoke yeah we were panicked we were sort of thinking well hang on a second (laughs) And everyone's be- like desperately doing like trying to do basic arithmetic on their fingers. Like if he if he hits if he pars from his provisional ball, does he still win it? Yeah, of course he does. <laughs> um, but yeah, he played that shot onto the green, and and he said in his presser that he he doesn't really get emotional at golf tournaments, which is not true because I've definitely seen him crying. Mm. Uh, he he said that's the closest he'd come to sort of crying on the golf course, like while the tournament was still going, essentially when he yeah. hit that ball into a shot into 18 and had a, a few feet to, well <laughs> how many parts did he have in the end four to win the tournament but he'd, he'd had loads yeah he'd have had loads well um, as, as Scott, Scotty Scheffler showed us last year you can't take those parts <laughs> yeah, granted, can you <laughs> an incredibly good point yes but it, yeah I, in terms of Kepka I, he was something switched on Sunday when he had to come back out I think when they when the rain I think really he got done dirty by the, the rain stopping play I think if that had if, if the weather had carried on as it was without the rain, the, the weather w- that we had on <clears throat> Thursday and Friday, I, I truly think he, well, 
I'm not going to sit here and say he would have won because obviously I, I don't know that, but I think he would have been a lot closer and he certainly would have been in contention longer mm. than he was because really by the middle of Sunday he'd fallen out of contention and he, and he needed Ram to slip up, which Ram rarely does. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Brooks Kepka, despite what people on Twitter have been telling me this week. Um, I am a huge fan of Brooks Kepka. I really like everything about him, and I sat in all of his press conferences this week. So he uh, came in um, after his first and second round as, as the leader of the tournament, mm. uh, and he spoke about <laughs> these things. and And it was really interesting. Look, I, I really don't want to get into the live stuff, but there have been murmurings that he's not happy. I speculated on Tuesday in a piece that I wrote that he went to live because his knee was so bad that he didn't know. And I don't, I don't want to go into the details, but he basically shattered his kneecap yeah. slipping in his home. Um, and I speculated that he went to live because he didn't know if his knee, if he was going to recover. And he just thought, well, if I'm only going to be able to play golf for another year or two years, I may as well go and get as much money as I can while doing it. Now he's fit and healthy, and he's playing against Rahm and McIlroy again. I think he want. I think he does want to come back. Like he he implied that himself in his press conference. You know, this isn't me speculating or trying to wind up people who follow Live. Like he genuinely said that he's he's having regrets, and you can see that. Um, well, oh. Surely that is the most. Surely that is such a damning. Again, I don't want to get get too much into Live. We we'll mentioned the Live players that did, they did play really well, but. Surely that is such that is the most damning blow for Lives from a, from one of their own players. Is that he, he essentially thought he was finished, and so that's why he joined Live. Yeah. Surely well, yeah. that is just such a such a um, a blow to a public blow to Greg Norman. Like if if Kepka had won, I'm sure they've all jumped on the bandwagon and really bigged it up and and really emphasised the fact that a Live player had won the Masters, but. Literally a few days before, if he, if he had won, a few days before he had just said that he might not have gone to live if he was fully healthy. Yeah, it's incredibly damning, isn't it? But we knew that. We knew all that. Like we we we've, mm. we've discussed it before. Like the the players that have gone there for the money and because their careers, their PGA Tour careers are you know in the twilight stages. And the reality is there was only a couple of people who really shocked us, and that is Cam Smith and Brooks Kepka. Really, mm. maybe. The likes of Wacken Neiman as well, perhaps, but those those two were the mm. big surprises, weren't they? And yeah, yeah there's, there's, I spent some time with some Aussies this week, and I, I'm I think I would I'm I'm not overstepping the mark to say that Cam Smith is also a player who perhaps is not as happy with his decision as he'd like to be. Um, it, do, it doesn't surprise me at all, um, but a, a very good re- representation from from, from Liv. Um, in the top four, if you have Mickelson, I think Brooks, it, Patrick Reed. I think it's important, sorry, to just note that actually the PGA Tour live thing wasn't really a thing this week. No, I, I didn't feel that at all, to be honest. Yeah. The, it, the funny thing is, is if, if you spend as much time on social media as Matt and I do, you <laughs> realise that it the live PGA Tour thing has basically become like politics, doesn't it? Like right versus left. And you're either live right or you're PGA Tour left. Mm-hmm. And there's no convincing the other team that... I mean, I put out a tweet saying that... So Siwoo Kim was playing with Phil Mickelson 
on was it the first round or the second round well both both yeah. of them sorry but um what i mean is which which day was he wearing the shirt i think it was friday and he was wearing a shirt which had pj tour emblazoned all over it i mean horrific shirt but yeah it was a you know, i just put out a tweet i just put out a tweet saying this is very funny he's playing with phil mickelson and oh, i got dogs abuse from the live fans uh, <laughs> people, people the, the accusations that were thrown at me uh and i just think Yes, I know that Siwoo Kim wears PGA Tour branded gear in every single tournament. I'm very aware of that. It's just a joke. Just chill out. But mm. that's what we've become now on social media. We're just sort of if you if you if someone makes a joke about something that you are affiliated with or whatever, they get very very upset, don't they? Um, they do. I, um, I, I have but... to say, in the press conferences at the start of the week and every interview that the players had. They were asked about the lifting. Of course they were. This is the big, the first big tournament since live, as in the, the um, big tournament that live players could play in and PGA Tour players could play in. So of course they were going to be asked about it. We wouldn't be doing our jobs properly if we weren't asking about it. And most of the players, well, in fact, no, sorry, all of the players that were in it, that came into the press conferences said, "I haven't thought about it. It doesn't mm. like." Rory said, you know, me and Brooksy spend Brooksy. Me and Brooksy spend loads of time together down <laughs> Jupiter. We're always playing you know, they live right in, like basically on the same street, essentially. They're they're yeah. all, they always see each other. On the grounds, it just wasn't a thing. It was the the live PGA tour rivalry thing, people going on I mean, I saw Piers Morgan tweeted the after the tournament saying the big story. Like well it says something like well done to John Rahm, but the big story is Phil Mickelson finishing second. No, it's not. He finished second. Mm. Obviously a wonderful achievement. But the, the, the Live PJ Tour rivalry thing only existed on social media. As someone who was on the grounds all week and spoke to a lot <clears> of people, whether it be people that were working there in the press or mm. fans, the, I saw one, I did see one Live Golf cap, and that's the first time I've ever seen one, in fact. <laughs> um, I also saw Robbie Fowler, which was fun. He's not, which is oh, nothing, did to you? With, nothing to do with Live Golf. No. I just saw Robbie Fowler <laughs> jostling his. It was quite funny. I. Um, like I was saying before about the chairs, Robbie Fowler had his chair and he was trying to jostle a chair into a space where it obviously wasn't going to fit next to the 18th green. And or was it the ninth? And the guy was trying to, the, the, the security dude was trying to help him. And I was just, he was, I, in the end, I think he was kind of getting frustrated and saying, look, it's not going to fit. You're going to have to go and find somewhere else to put your chair. And in my head, I was just like, you have no idea who you're talking to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, not in like God a, like that. Not yeah, not in a celebrity kind of like do you know who I am kind of way, but yeah. it, I mean obviously Fowler was incredibly he's he's an incredibly humble guy anyway, and he like just that. he sort of went he he did just say oh yeah I think you're right I'll go and find somewhere else and he was very nice about it but it was just very funny I was like <laughs> that, that guy's like a gazillionaire yeah. and worshipped by millions of people around the world uh, and the security <laughs> guys but you can't sit there just moving him away it was very funny <laughs> um, but no if, if we refer back to what we were talking about I'd like. I, I even sat at home. I didn't think there was any sort of live versus PJ Tour dynamic. Even when it was literally Brooks against Ram, I wasn't thinking, "Oh, it's live versus the PJ Tour." I just sort of thought um, it's purely um, two like absolute major winning beasts, like <clears throat> battling for for, yeah. for the green jacket. And I, and I mean, to be fair, the Fumikson coming second is is a story. It's not the biggest story, obviously, but it is a story because yeah. what because what an unbelievable effort. No one, if you said you thought that Phil Mickelson was going to come second, 
you'd, you'd obviously get laughed at. What an unbelievable 65 in the last round. Um, the oldest player, I think the oldest player to shoot 65 or better in the, in the final round. Um, he hit 12 fairways and hit 16 greens. Um, it's, I think it equaled his career low score at the Masters. Um, just, there is no understating that effort from Phil Mickelson. I was literally in awe watching him. Um, he was really pumped on the last hole when he when he got the birdie that got him to eight under. Um, and at that stage, he sort of was with a very very outside chance. It, it would have needed Ram to to dunk the ball in the water on twelve for Mickelson to have a chance. But um, it, ironically, in his, in his last forty four starts, if we're dis, if we're discounting Champions Tour events, but including live events, in his last forty four starts, he's had two top fives. One is the Masters, and one was at the PGA that he won. Um, so I suppose it, with the live angle, him and Reed and Brooks have proven that major winners always do harness a bit of pedigree, a bit of respect at major championships. I think. Yeah, I, I can't add anything to that. You've you've hit the nail on the head, and it was it was lovely to see. Like it was a, it was a great Masters and Ram, an incredibly worthy champion. But it was really nice to see. Kepka back in the mix at majors. Mm. That was the overriding thought for me. You know, this is a guy who won four majors in a 23-month span. We all thought this guy's going to dominate golf for a decade. You know, when he was in, when he came through and and started winning, we we would begin every major thinking, who else can beat? Like who can beat this guy? Mm. Like he's he's a venom, and. Yeah, it, it was it was nice to see Mickelson back in the, in the mix and and enjoying like and again this is not a live dig but Mickelson looked like he was enjoying playing golf again. I mean he's yeah. had a, like he has had a miserable run the last year or so. I mean has he even shot under par in the last year? I'm not sure. Has he even broke seventy? Like it's yeah probably you know, I'm I'm slightly exaggerating there of course, but he ha- like it's hard to emphasise just how miserable his run has been in mm. recent months and <clears throat> for him to be back in the mix and doing that at a golf course that he clearly adores and of course with you know chasing John Rahm who is an you know incredibly good friend of Phil of course yeah his brother used to caddy for him um, and even Cam Smith as well like Cam Smith it was great to see him you know he's the reigning open champion he, he won the last major before the Masters it was good to see him in the mix as well, and and it sort of it, it did it does make you realise how much you miss these guys being like I've I've been guilty. You do. Of saying, it's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, like I've been guilty of saying like week in week out, will I actually miss these guys? And I, I and I did say before, I'll miss Brooks Kepka, I'll miss Cam Smith mm. because they they bring something. Will I miss Wacken Neiman or you know players like that? Like no disrespect to these guys, but Wacken Neiman and Harold Varner not playing on the PGA Tour is not going to affect my experience of enjoying the PGA Tour. But because Brooks Kepka and Cam Smith is, and of course there's other players coming through and they're all incredible. But yeah, it, it was again, it was just really nice to see these guys in contention. It was, and it was you know I, you and I have always pushed on this podcast and in 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 the writing that we do that we are not. We just want the the best players at the best tournaments. We're not interested in having bans for live players mm. from the majors or even the Ryder Cup. So we just want the best players playing in the best tournaments, regardless of what tour they play on. 
And I think that proved this week that the majors have made the right decision by not getting involved. Yeah. Of course, the live players are going to start falling out of the tumbling down the world rankings. I mean, Kepka's Kepka's only in this week on his because he's still got some exemption from his five year um, run from his the last major he won, and you know that's going to run out soon. Ge- I'm 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 genuinely excited about. The majors again now. It's sort of I was I was a bit worried going into this one about how it was going to be with PJ Tour and Liv, and now I think actually the Masters has proved that these guys can coexist for a week. And actually, as yeah, you know, the, as the players said, this is just a thing that's being created by you guys. It's not. I thought I actually agreed with Sergio when he. I mean, he's got to get asked by the reporter because mm-hmm. it it is a big talking point. And I didn't agree with the way that he spoke to the reporter, but the sentiment of it, which is, guys, just stop. Let's just stop doing this. Like, let's let's just get on with it. Like, there's, mm. there's nothing between the players. Yeah, he's right. There isn't. Yeah. He has also he has also gone through a public breakup with Roy McIlroy. To be fair, so I think in that situation, it was very appropriate to ask him. But they certainly proved me wrong, the Live players, because in the, our podcast last week, I, I couldn't see any of them contending. Um, so they certainly certainly proved me wrong. Um, while we were watching it last, three in the top five was it? Yeah, and I, 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 I did not see that coming. Um, so, 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 so fair play. I don't think anyone did. To be fair, so fair play. Um, one, one part of the final round that I really, sort of, was really enjoying following on Twitter. I was messaging you about it while while you were there. Was um the stick that Patrick Cantlay was getting for um oh. for playing so slowly. Um, I really some tweets I read. I was really really laughing at. Um and. The thing is with slow play, players can take a long time over the ball. When they actually address the ball, they take a few seconds to get comfortable and hit the ball. I could, from my perspective, I can tolerate that for as long as they walk quickly between walking quickly between the ball between your shots. I personally, I think it's the most important part of playing quickly. Um, and it just seemed like if you're slow over the ball, fair enough. I think that's tolerable as long as you walk quickly. But with Cantlay, it seemed last night it wasn't only that he was doing everything slowly. It just appeared very deliberate, and and when when you're doing deliberately, it it really is a hard viewing experience as well for his playing partner Victor Hovland. Who I'm not saying um, it would it would hinder Hovland's game at all. It certainly wouldn't help, I'm sure. But some of the, some of the clips of Hovland walking ahead and playing shots before Cantlay was even um, up level with him on some holes were absolutely hysterical. So when he played his when he played his chip into thirteen, did he? Play yeah, it was 13? thirteen. He played, his, played his chip while Cantley was still hundreds of yards oh, away down the fairway. I was I really laughing at that. Um, but when it's when it appears deliberate, that's when I have the issue. It's not. It's yeah. It's Cantley's behaviour on Sunday was nothing short of a disgrace. There's no other way of putting it. He, there were some brutal tweets. I was really. I, I think. I think Hovland got screwed over massively by being in a group with him. I think Hovland could have potentially put up more of a. Ch- I mean, Hovland had birdied. Was it five of the last ten holes when they came back to finish the third round on Sunday mm. morning, um, and actually put him in con- self in contention. He was one back of John Rahm going into the final round, and he got massively screwed by being with Cantlay. I, I wonder yeah. if Cantlay's just one of those players. You know when you go into your clubhouse and you put your name on the board, and you you go back in a, a bit later, and then you see some like the one guy who you don't want to have you, next to you on the board, and you're like, oh, why has that guy put his name? 
that must be Patrick Cantley. That must be how they feel about Patrick Cantley because Surely, I'm sure yeah. he's, I'm sure he's a nice dude, uh, but honestly, it was it was very I, as far as I'm concerned, it was deliberate. It was unprofessional. Well, I don't I don't see why it's necessary. I'm, like I'm not gonna, I'm certainly not going to accuse him of cheating because he hasn't broken <laughs> no. any rules. But that there has I mean this is let's not forget this is ten years on from when a fourteen year old got hit with a penalty at the Masters. That was truly I mean, disgusting. That that was disgusting, and the fact that then I, I I understand that they don't want to cause controversy over something like that and, and take away from the end of what was a brilliant tournament. But you know, we we were obviously the because of the delays, the the fourth round started way later than they wanted to. You know, we were sat in the media centre, like trying to work out if they were actually going to get round because we were sort of, mm. you know, we were looking up when does when's sunset and uh, and all this stuff. And, and then when Cantley and Hovland were on the second green, forty five minutes after they teed off, we were genuinely sitting there thinking, not entirely sure they're going to get round. And obviously, we're all thinking we don't want to. You know, we've all booked tea times on Monday morning to go and play golf somewhere around yeah. Georgia. We de- definitely don't want to be coming back here. As nice as it is, I was sat thinking that I was watching it, thinking, "Wow, late is this going to go?" Because yeah. it was just awful. And I mean, I know Hovland, Hovland's game on Sundays at big events are is trending in the wrong direction. I think, but in this instance, he, he might be forgiven um, at, at some points when you're playing with someone who is. It's when it's deliberate and, it, and it, it when it seems to be on purpose. I think Sam Bennett got a bit of stick last night as well for playing a bit slower than he should have. Um, the young amateur who, who finished um, in the top twenty. So yeah, that be. I mean, it, it was just it, it was a an unwanted part it, of 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 the, of the final round, but a very funny one if you followed it on social media. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to say if you if you are on social media or just specifically Twitter, go just go and punch Patrick Cantley's name into the search bar and just read some of the stuff. I mean, I I tweeted a couple of years ago a little joke where it just said interviewer, what's this? gap on your CV me I was watching Patrick Cantley line up a putt and I just I went back and found that and I just retweeted it because it, it's an evergreen uh, it's an evergreen joke certainly let's not take anything away from it and I, I think as a final word congratulations to John Rahm unbelievable yeah. I mean he this is a guy who will finish his career as one of the top 25 top 20 maybe even top 15 players to have ever played the game so let's take nothing away from it. And yeah, it, very incredible. And, and and I I thought it was genuinely <clears throat> fantastic tournament overall. Saturday was a bit of a shame because of the rain, uh, and it was genuinely just just miserable. But yeah, Saturday was a struggle watching on it was one of the it worst was viewing experiences there. of a golf tournament I've ever ever seen. It was just yeah, awful. It, was, it, it, was it took ages for the golf to actually be shown. And then by the time it was on, it was on for about 15 minutes and then it stopped raining. Well, well it yeah, stopped for rain. They, it was just they awful. Pushed the tea time, they pushed the tea times forward, but they kept the uh, broadcast to the same time. So, of course, was it 17 minutes from the broadcast coming on to I think so. the play being suspended for the day? Yeah, but I, I think Sunday more than made up for it. That was a, uh, you know, I, I would prefer it if they were going toe-to-toe, back nine for the ages with birdies. Mm-hmm. But as it was, it was more. It it was it was yeah you know, okay. It wasn't a back nine for the ages between Brooks and Ram, but it was an incredibly tense battle, and I think I quite liked that. It was, that. and it, 
It wasn't quite done until the. It, it, it wasn't quite done until until sort of t- towards the end because he was on ten under for quite a while, and then yeah. the birdies on thirteen and fourteen were obviously crucial. The, I mean, the approach to fourteen was just incredible, um, and he's just born for these moments. I think John Rahm. He's born for pressure. and He's born for um, hitting great shots um, when needed most. Um, and as is Bruce Kepka, to be fair, it just he just wasn't really with it on with it on Sunday. They said he shot three over. I think there was also a sense of relief because nobody, I'm, I'm not just talking about the media and people like that and uh, I'm talking about the players and I'm, and I'm even talking about the fans watching around the world, wherever you are, like nobody wanted to come back on Monday. I think actually the last Monday finish was 83, wasn't mm. it, in Seve? Was it? Mm. I may be remembering that wrong, but it might have been. But it's, it, yeah, we ha- what I'm saying is we haven't had a Monday finish for a long, long time. No, but it was yeah. It was it was nobody nobody would have wanted that. It would have I think it actually would have taken the shine off of what have been what has been a very essentially a very good tournament and very enjoyable Sunday in particular. And also we should probably note uh, another win for Callaway in the paradigm. Our friends friends of the Our slam fr- Callaway. Yeah. Another success, um, John Rahm winning the major with his Callaway Paradigm triple diamond driver again. Silly, it? it feels like a Callaway Paradigm driver is winning every single week. I, I'm losing count, it's been so many, but I think that's 15 or 16 mm. now in 2023. It would be nice to experience what these what these drivers are like one day, perhaps, if, if they can. Um, if they can, can we? If we can we can't them. drop any bigger hints. We can't drop any bigger hints. <laughs> yeah. um, Callaway, we're giving you so much love. Come on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, another win for Callaway, um, and it turned out to be a really exciting Masters. Um, so you're flying back later. Where? W- w- what are you doing today? You're playing golf today, are you? Uh, yeah. So it's currently just just past seven a.m. Monday morning, the morning after. Um, I've had very little sleep. I had a few celebratory beers last night, the Crow's Nest beer, which is very nice. nice. I need to find out if I can buy it anywhere. Actually, it's nice. A nice drop, as we say. Back mm. home. A after a long drop. week. Um, especially after a long week, yes, yeah. so I, I sort of managed to hold off all week and sort of allowed myself a couple last night. I would tip to Tom Jacobs managed to pick out John Rahm as well. He did, um, and from he our actually, podcast last week, he actually made a very good point, didn't he? He said that between the big three of Scheffler, Rahm, and McElroy, that Rahm had the least pressure on him. You know, McElroy's got this Grand Slam thing hanging over him, and Scheffler was there as the defending champion, so he had like loads of other stuff going on. So. Yeah, mm-hmm. great shout from Tom. Long may that continue. And Atlanta's about two and a half hour drive, I think. We're going to go and play. Oof. I'm going to go and play golf at a course called Cobblestone, which is just the other side of Atlanta, which is looks very oh, yeah. nice. And uh, sure I've heard good things from a couple of people. So I'm going to go and play with a couple of fellow industry friends. I was hoping to be playing Augusta National, but I didn't get picked out. But uh, never mind. It's always next year. There's always next year. No, so we're, we're going to make up for that by going and playing a $60 Muni on the other side of Atlanta. Uh, we, and it's quite close Very to the nice. airport, so then it will just be back to the airport and then yeah. no sleep on the way home, I imagine. And I then do. I'll be and then I'll be back and then next week we'll be... What are we going to talk about next week? It's all a bit of a come down after this, isn't it? I know, I know. Well, we'll have the Heritage next week to talk about. An elevated event, so none of the players have any excuses to miss it why after they, the, after the Masters come down week after the Masters why have they done that <laughs> right, we'll, we'll talk about that next week because I do need to go but yeah, yeah we will really good Masters enjoyed every minute of it alright cheers Alex see you in a bit cheers mate